This Morning with Henry Shin on TBS EFM. Well, Joe Biden will be sworn into office next week as the 46th president of the United States. We believe he will be the 46th president because there might be something a little bit unusual going on where if, let's say, Trump resigns and Mike Pence becomes president for five minutes, then uh, Pence would be 46th and then uh, Joe Biden would be the 47th president. But as it stands right now, Joe Biden will be inaugurated as the 46th president on January 20th. So that means just a few days left in office for Donald Trump. But he's been impeached. He made history once again yesterday, being the only president to be impeached twice in a presidential term, uh, accused of inciting the violent riot of protesters or insurrectionists, uh, seditionists that stormed the U.S. Capitol last week. Subsequently, he's been banned from all major social media sites, including Twitter And Facebook, uh, that has been an effective tool for Trump to uh, use as propaganda purposes and to rile up his uh, base of supporters. Uh, To give us some more analysis on the entire situation, we're joined by Professor Pinar Ildirim, Professor of Marketing at the Wharton School and Senior Fellow at the Leonard Davis Institute at the University of Pennsylvania. Hello. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor. Uh, Overall, what do you make of the situation? Um, The riot at the Capitol, uh, President Trump uh, being impeached twice and now and also being essentially muzzled. Uh, It's it's kind of the where that old cliche, the science is deafening, where because he is banned permanently from Twitter, you just don't really know what is going on in his thoughts uh, and his mind, which uh, seemed to be a 24-7 type of situation. Uh, what do you, uh, what was your overall observation over the past few weeks? Um, uh, thanks for having me again. Uh, we had this conversation before the election, yeah. just before the election, and if you remember, at the time um, I had mentioned the, the idea that platforms will be taking stricter actions towards misinformation, and mm-hmm. um, Trump is a very active user of Twitter and other social uh, social media platforms. And uh, even he might actually see the actions of the, the misinformation restriction. And this is, you know, this was something that we predicted. I think we were seeing that there might be stricter action taken and, and he might be at the target of it. But I think very few of us expected that he would be booted off from uh, even Instagram and other, other accounts. Uh, this was certainly unusual. I think we expected that there would be more actions taken, but this was certainly unexpected, unusual and uh, now we are all wait- waiting and watching to see what else uh, will happen in order for him to, to collectively bring together his, his supporters. There is the fundamental debate here, and I would like to get your analysis or thoughts on it. And uh, the argument basically goes Trump being banned for, uh, from his uh, social media accounts is a violation of his rights to free speech. The counter argument being, well... The First Amendment only addresses uh, issues of censorship uh, with the government and other state actors, not private companies. And you cannot, again, very kind of simplistic argument, you cannot yell fire in a crowded theater, uh, which uh, goes to support the role that uh, Trump can play in terms of uh, inciting violence. And therefore, it is justified to ban him from social media. Where do you stand on that uh, debate? 
Uh, this is, I mean, this is correct. So the the First Amendment will not apply to to companies. When companies set up their their rules, they can set terms of use, and based on those terms of use, they can stop uh, the usage or access of of their customers. And in this case, Trump just happens to be one. Now, this is slightly more complicated because when uh, social media platforms they were setting up the rules, they usually left it a little more gray, even though they had very strict content moderation rules where they said you cannot, uh, you know, most for most of the platforms like Twitter and Facebook, you cannot uh, bring in hate speech, you cannot, you cannot put profanity, you cannot, uh, you cannot, uh, uh, you know, the, the inside violence. Even though these terms were out there, they left a little bit of a gray zone for politicians. They, they had a statement that says, uh, if it's in the public interest, we may not remove some of this mm. content. And and for the longest term, they tried to they tried to tolerate the information and misinformation by politicians, thinking that hearing that information might be in the public interest and people would want to hear it. But given the the events that took place last week in Capitol Hill, um, I think social media platforms felt the heat from the public. If they don't take it there, I think most of them understand that this is not something that they want to do. They, they don't want to be in the position of deciding who gets to talk and who doesn't on social media platforms. They don't want to be in the position of deciding whose account should be taken off, what kind of information should flow, because that's that puts them at the target of uh, of criticism from so many different parties. But at the same time, they cannot take, they cannot just simply let the, this misinformation and collective action by by um, by angry and, and uh, somehow violent mobs to to realize in real life through their their social social network platforms. So they had to take an action. And they did. And I think they will continue to take action uh, in the same manner. Now that it's understood that uh, this is some, this is where the social media platforms are drawing the line, they will continue to simply take this action. And we should also take it, make a note here. Keep in mind, uh, again, because of the Communications Decency Act in the United States, social media platforms are not very really liable from the content that is put out there by, the, by their users. This, uh, this rule, this uh, regulation actually protects the companies from uh, being liable from, from the, the angry or, or hateful speech that their users put on the platform. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't so much as being afraid of a legal action that might be taken towards them, but they, I think this is, uh, you know, they are taking an action. First of all, <laughs> they're also citizens of this country. They see the, the damage that's, uh, that has been done, and they also want to take an action as, as simply people who engage in the public the, as, as uh, you know, civil participants of the par- public. But at the same time, I think they, they understand that if, if people, if supporters of Trump are mainly communicating and organizing and, and you know, becoming en- <laughs> sort of a- encouraging each other through their networks, and that's creating violence in real life or damaging property, that's going to come back to them and hurt them yeah. in, in very significant ways. The customers will be angry. There might be regulators and other politicians who are going to come after them um, in, in, again, angry ways. And, and of course, uh, this, this is potentially, you know, it's a business decision. They don't want to be in that position. But at the same time, I think it's a decision that they themselves, as individuals who are just simply parts of these company, they also take an, take an action towards it. So just simply to summarize, I think that no one is 
Jack Dorsey today, um, you know, from Twitter, he came out and said, we don't want to be in this position. Yeah. I think many of these, these executives do not want to be in the position of deciding who gets to speak and who doesn't on social media. But at the same time, it's their responsibility and they cannot just sit back and, and watch what's happening happen through the exchange of information on their, on their company. Right. And uh, you brought up a lot of issues that will have to be dealt with the, by the new president, Joe Biden, including addressing that issue of uh, Section 230 and uh, this idea of where does then the extreme right go? Do they go underground? I know that there's also been a big uh, controversy over this uh, more uh, right wing friendly social media app uh, Parler, which was essentially shut down because of its um, insightful rhetoric, uh, shut down by ultimately uh, not being allowed on the various app stores, but also uh, by their server website hosting um, with Amazon. Uh, what what do you think are going to be the kind of outlets then for these extreme right-wing voices, or do they just simply peter out? So right now, uh, you know, at, at first there were a couple, couple of these social network sites uh, that did not regulate or moderate content to the same extent as Twitter and Facebook. Um, Parler was one of them. There's an alternate network called Gab, right. Rumble, there's Meme. And all of these, the, the positioning of all of these platforms is that we don't want to regulate what you say. You you have the freedom of speech. It's up to you what you say. They don't necessarily are they're writing friendly, but just because of the nature of, of lack of moderation, they end up being the target of, of certain types of people. And I think what we are going to see, and I was expecting this for a long while, is now sort of um, differentiation along content moderation. We are going to have some platforms who are going to be very strict in the type of things that uh, that people can say, and they will have mechanisms such as if you know there is a a group of people who do not like what you say, they can flag your content okay. down. We're already seeing emergence of such such uh, such uh, networks. At the same time, there's going to be as much as possible, as much as they don't get boycotted, platforms that allow um, people to to freely speak their mind. Now we have seen already some actions taken. I think. Uh, you know, if they hadn't seen what happened in Capitol Hill last week, um, Parler could, could would probably be functioning today. And even if uh, there were some accounts shut down or stricter regulations and more people moving from places like Facebook and okay. Twitter to platforms right. like Parler, I think we could. I think we would be seeing, um, you know, a, a sort of a, a busier action on these social network platforms. We're going to have to leave it there. Professor Yildirim, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me.